What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today, Tim and I sit down with Kyle Holman, who is a strength coach and owner of Beyond Strength and Endurance. Um, so he had, he's had a lot of years in the industry, uh, training, being an athlete himself, now into coaching. And so I actually uh, got to know Kyle from the CrossFit gym that I operate my business out of, uh, TWR Fitness and he is the head coach there as well. So that's how I first got to know Kyle. We got him on the show, fun conversation. So he tells us a little bit about his background and how he first got introduced into strength training, uh, coaching, things like that, and also his biggest lessons learned at the beginning of his career. So we kind of just dive right into this one. And then he talks about the concept of threshold training, but still being able to push athletes to that next step, that little further step that they might not think they can get otherwise. Uh, and then he talks about the difference between a good and bad strength coach. Uh, Tim, what do you think about our first uh, sit down with Kyle here? Yeah, I, I love the conversation with Kyle. You can tell he's put in a lot of time and effort into uh, really becoming an expert in his industry. And that's really allowed him to be an effective coach, uh, be a, an effective business owner, and really kind of differentiate himself not, not only his methods, but also his brain. Uh, so he also, he dives into his continued education, what he's what he's currently reading right now, uh, how he got introduced to CrossFit, what motivated him to start doing that. And uh, I thought that was interesting, him talking about that, him being uh, just a sport athlete, but then um, getting into that and what keeps him motivated with that. Um, and then he also talked about the mission behind his business, beyond strength and endurance. Uh, he gets into how he markets that brand, uh, how he's pivoting with the times uh, to, to market creative ways. And then I also asked him what his process is for writing his workouts and developing his plans. Cause I thought that was interesting, me being a writer. I, I just, I was interested in his process for that. Uh, and then we end the show asking our golden question, uh, how he wants to be remembered. So yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. I know you guys will learn a lot from it. Uh, without further ado, episode 149, Kyle Holman. Uh, yeah, so Kyle Holman, thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. Um, so maybe just starting out, uh, give us a little background, um, who you are, what you do, how we kind of got here, and then we'll kind of fill in the gaps as we go along. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. uh, no, I mean, uh, I mean, I grew up playing three sports my whole life and then ended up playing uh, baseball in college and um, just always been around athletics and so I knew at whatever point I was done with that that I would definitely get into coaching and um, Ball State is where I went and ended up with the studying exercise science there and um, so well, after I was done that was just the natural progression to go uh, get in with coaching and just stay involved in athletics so so, so three sports all through high school uh, and college too, or uh, no, just baseball and college. Okay, okay, no, yeah, no, was, <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> an impressive guy, man. Thanks, um, man. So, so uh, baseball and college. What was yeah. what was that like doing college sports with school? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know. Especially when you go to the Division One level, um, you know, you everybody's played at a high level in high school so yeah. um, all the best from that was high school uh, teams. kind of a double-edged sword a cool thing to be around you know a lot of great athletes and, and things like that but also um, you know you gotta you gotta take your game to the next level so sure. um, yeah as far as studies I mean it's definitely a challenge especially in baseball I mean we play 60 games so um, you know sometimes there we're playing five six games a week so uh, getting used to being on those bus trips sometimes and trying to get all the work done was you know, yeah. definitely, definitely challenging times. So for sure. Yeah. Well, and that at that point, it's like because we knew friends of ours, athletes in in college, yeah. it, it's a job. Like, it it <laughs> yeah. is a full time job now. Yeah. Like school alone is like oh, I'm kind of busy, but you're not really busy if you're just <laughs> just <laughs> right. a student. Like I had all the free time in the world. Yeah. Um. So, transitioning from college, what happened right after college? I know the natural progression was kind of getting into coaching. Yeah. What did that look like once you got out of school? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, my father's been a coach uh, for, I don't know, 100 years. I don't know how old he is. Um, <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's been a coach. Uh, so I grew up around it, um, and that was kind of my exposure to it. And so uh, after I was done playing, that's just, um, you know, like I said, just kind of the natural thing that I got into. So with my degree, I got into, uh, you know, a job as a strength coach. Okay. Um, and then just uh, kind of went from there. Um, 
my first exposure to coaching though was when I was 16, uh, actually like me, myself coaching. Um, I was doing a speed camp uh, with my dad and so I was just gonna help him out. I mean, he was running the whole thing. So mm-hmm. we're in a gym with, I don't know, 75, 80 kids and um, literally right before we we're about to start the speed camp, like get them warmed up, there was a parent who had a question. So uh, my dad just was like, hey, get them warmed up and just walked away. And so I was like, <laughs> oh. So trying to get a ton of, um, you know, elementary, middle school and high school kids to listen to a 16 year old kid and get them warmed up was, right. was interesting, but, uh, I mean, whatever, I, I made it happen. <laughs> yeah. So did you start coaching, uh, baseball right away, strength and conditioning right away? Was it at Ball yeah, it was State? Always, or? Uh, strength and conditioning, um, I honestly really didn't have a desire to coach, like be the sport coach. Okay. Um, just really wanted to stick with the, the you know, exercise physiology of it. Of, um, and just working with multiple different sports was, sure. um, I mean, baseball is still my love, but, um, you know, I enjoy working with, with all different kinds of sports. So strength coach allows you to uh, really get all those sports involved rather than just kind of being pigeonholed in one area with that. So Yeah, yeah. for sure. When, where was that first strength coach position at? Where did you do that? Um, so it was at a place uh, called Athlete's Edge. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, it's funny. Uh, you guys might be similar with, with whatever uh, degrees you had or when you first come out of college, you got a lot of friends that like, like, oh, you do that? Like, oh, it's so, like I would have friends be like, hey, can you write me a strength program? Or, you know, yeah. and, and at first you're like, yeah, like – I'll do that and see, like, put all this time into it just for having them to do, like, one day. One day, yep, yep. Like, <laughs> Been there, yeah. And so, then they blame, oh, I was waiting on so-and-so uh, to right. be my workout partner. He couldn't go today, and I couldn't go tomorrow. I'm like, all right, we're done. Yeah, we're done. so um, always kind of had those programs, but I did actually coach with my dad for a little bit, uh, track and field. He's been a track and cross-country coach his whole life, so um, coached in that. And uh, kind of a natural thing was to have him work, uh, have me work with the throwers because – uh, the weight room is such a big part of, mm-hmm. of what those guys do. Sure. Um, so uh, I did that for a while and then eventually kind of went into more of the private sector and uh, moved on from there. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. When were you first exposed to strength and conditioning, just in general? Like yeah. Working out um, for, for a sport, I guess. So I've been lifting consistently for uh, 24 years. Okay. Uh, so I first started the summer after my eighth grade year is when we all started doing the summer conditioning with high school football then uh-huh. so um, that was kind of my I mean growing up uh, my dad had me do a lot of a speed and agility training like I'd be the kid on spring break when we we're out there my dad would like have me in the parking lot doing like <laughs> oh great a skips and like <laughs> high knees and like people are staring at me um, but um, yeah that was kind of the first exposure to the weight room was the summer after my eighth grade year and, mm-hmm. and starting to go about it that way mm-hmm. so and yeah. do you feel like that's a good like generally a good time to start Weight yeah. training, like for most people? Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of science will tell you that really like 12 months-ish after your last big growth spurt, so okay. not your done growing, but your last big growth spurt, you know, we all had that one summer or something where we right. shot up. Uh, a lot of them will say that's kind of the best time with hormone levels and all that to really get in, okay. uh, especially starting getting a good amount of strength training. So if you can get it, the technique and get exposed to it a little bit before that, then you'll be ready to kind of hit the ground running uh, sure. when that happens. So that yeah. makes sense. Um, with, with multiple sports, I know you said you wanted to work with athletes of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started doing that, were there any major like ahas or eye-opening things from school where it's like, man, I didn't, school didn't tell me this, <laughs> yeah. uh, where it's like, okay, there's a lot of application that I just got to yeah. kind of dive in. Um, anything that really jumped out the most to you uh, when you first started coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think you hear a lot of people say that, that uh, you kind of learn more in the trenches than you really ever do in school. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yes, getting the background knowledge of physiology and biomechanics and kinesiology right. and all that stuff is, is good, but, um, you know, the first time someone's like, here's your client or here's your team, you're kind of like, Oh shit! Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think uh, just at first, um, you know, really putting together the pieces of how do I design this not only from day one but to day ten and day twenty, and you know, take this athlete or this team through a uh, progression towards their season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that you know you kind of learn on the fly. Um, and then I think just you know what goes behind it. You know, if you've ever grown up as an athlete and your strength coach or whoever is having you do stuff I mean you don't really understand like all the 
background that goes into that of why we're doing stuff. Right. Um, so just the work that goes behind that. And then, um, you know, just getting used to each athlete. Everybody likes to be coached differently or needs different coaching. Mm-hmm. Some people you need to scream at them and other people need a lot of encouragement and yeah. other people like to ask questions. And, um, you know, it's just to each his own of how that. So just kind of really paying attention and figure out how each person you know, what can mm-hmm. best get the best potential out of each person is something that's a challenge, but also fun. Yeah. And do you do, uh, as a strength coach, any, like, do you screen uh, athletes before you start training them? Because I'm sure you're going to train, you know, football running back different than a cross-country yeah. guy, than a shot putter. Right. Uh, any sorts of screens that go into that, too? Because I'm sure knowing how they yeah, move. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's obviously different, like, biomotor abilities that are going to apply to different sports. Um, you know, a cross-country runner is not trying to, lift the weight room and right. um you know uh an offensive lineman's not trying to run miles so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i mean there's definitely just knowing the the um things that need to be trained but also um you know kind of a lot in your world the movement of uh, mobility um i took uh, i was fms certified and oh, so beautiful. me and a buddy took i don't know probably 1500 athletes to that functional movement screen wow. um but uh, you oh. know I, we, we kind of found that like ankle hip and kind of that upper back rotation or extension mm-hmm. really shores up a lot yeah. with a lot it's of people. Of a lot of things, yeah. Um, and then anything beyond that was really like deferring to the expert, like, hey, you know, go see this person if we have impingement or pain. But yeah, um, yeah I think in anything you need a starting point with, you know, what, what you're looking at um, with each team and, and each athlete. Um, I think everybody wants the magic pill or the blanket program where right. they're just like, um, when I've spoke at conferences, everyone's like, well, what, like, what training should I do? Like, just wanting me to, like, hand yeah, them a program. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I can't do that. Like, I don't know your situation. I don't know what you have in your weight room, how many kids yeah. you have. Mm-hmm. Like, what, you know, it's, it's. What can you stick right, to? Right. You know, it'd be like you with movement, especially, like, not doing any type of screen. Just be yeah. like, do these things. Yeah, like, right. Well, what's that based off yeah. of? You know what I mean? That person can be hypermobile. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. And not need what, yeah. what I would just, yeah, blanket give them. Yeah. Um, yeah, good point where, you know, you said you've been lifting consistently for 24 years. Yeah. And people are like, hey, oh, it's three weeks before summertime. Uh, I need to get a <laughs> six-pack. Like, you'd hear it in college. Oh, spring break, two weeks. Got to start doing some ab work. I'm like. Well, my favorite was. Uh, <laughs> start a year ago, brother. Yeah, every summer I had a, what's called a college prep program. And so just helping kids that are about to go play sports in college. Um, and a lot of times their strength coach would give them, you know, their conditioning tests or their strength tests or whatever. And, yeah. and I've had people show up and be like, Hey, I need to get like ready for my conditioning tests. I'm like, okay, cool. Like when do you report in two weeks? I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> um, you now. yeah, like at this <laughs> point from a, from a physiological standpoint, there's not really much we're going to do. I mean, yeah. mentally we can, you know, just crush you every day. So maybe you can yeah. mentally make it through get this conditioning test, yes. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's really nothing we can do at this point. Um, but yeah, that happens quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good times. Have you have you ever had someone, I don't know, like push back or or like maybe give you a bad attitude, or has there ever been times where you'd have to step out of your comfort zone to to kind of push someone past like what what they're used to? Has that ever happened before? Yeah, I mean, I think a big thing with coaching is what I call like threshold training. So okay. it is like trying to push the envelope with each athlete to get. Um, the best out of them mm-hmm. um, and some athletes that's more of a physical um, envelope that you need to push some it's more mental mm. um, whether it's lack of confidence or um, they're automatically kind of putting ceilings on themselves of how good they think they can be or how far they think they can go um, but yeah I mean I've coached age groups um, middle school high school so you definitely get some kids that right. you know are there because mom and dad made them or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. But um, I mean, I'm comfortable with uh, kind of having those conversations. But I think to each coach, it's to each his own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do well with people um, that just really don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what you're trying to accomplish if you're trying to lose 100 pounds or you're trying to play a, a sport. Um, you know, all I want is somebody that's going to be present during training and just really work hard. And, um, you know, we have fun doing that, but it's the people that don't want to be there. All the complaints, like it's sooner or later, it's like, look, I can't want this more than you. So you, you know, you either want to do this or not, Mm -hmm. but, um, I've had several high school kids that come into the weight room and 
I'll be like, all right, well, we're squatting today, so how much do you squat? And they'll be like, oh, 315. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's try this again. How much do you really squat? <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, that happens in CrossFit too. But, um, no, those are fun. I mean, I think if you go about it the right way, I mean, there's a tactful way to say it without being being a jerk about it. But uh, yeah, sometimes right. people just need that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you touched on you can't want it more than they do. Because yeah. when I first started in, in rehab a couple years back, like in our old office, that was my initial problem. Yeah. It was like people like, oh, I didn't do my exercises this week. It's like, <laughs> all right, what's your pain level today? Oh, about the same as last week. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, I know there's other things outside of just movement that we would, would yeah. give them, but we can't just rub everything out. Yeah. And, and that was a, a hurdle for me was to get over the, okay, I can't care past your level of care. Right. Like if you're not doing them, and you tell me, oh, it's because of this and that's like, okay. It. Well, at some point, just to his point, I mean, sometimes you got to have that talk. Like, yeah. look, we can have these meetings and I can prescribe all you want, but if you're not going to go do it, then, yeah. I mean, it, and, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, so that's when I would change up. Like, okay, I, I need to do a better job of explaining why this is so important. Yeah. And still you'll get those people. But hey, did you have to get over that at all? Was that an issue for you of caring too much at first with athletes or – was that not as much of a struggle for you? Like, all right, I kind of see, like, I put in my work, but if they're not going to go the extra, I can't keep yeah. going the extra step. Now, I think the difference there, like, just in those professions is a lot of times, you know, you see people and then you're giving them stuff to do at home or on their own. Mm. Oh, uh, where point. Not that uh, we don't talk to athletes or, or members about doing stuff on their own to help them get better. Mm. But at the end of the day, like, they, they come to class so that we can tell them what to do in that mm -hmm. moment and they come good point, you know, yeah. a lot more often. So I think that lends itself to helping that um, a little bit that Got while it. they're here, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do because they don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Do it or die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, mobility is a huge thing that uh, a lot of people need help on just mm -hmm. with the natural uh, amount of time that we all spend seated these days. Right. Um, and that's something we talk to members about all the time is doing mobility outside of that. But, mm -hmm. you know, two weeks later, inevitably, you're looking at something like, how's that, uh, how's that ankle mobility going? Yeah, and they're like, like My what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I told Tim, I was like, it's super humbling. CrossFit is super humbling because you're forced to be functional or you're not going to improve. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just, that is how it is. Yeah. Um, I didn't make the rules. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, if you want to keep progressing, you have to adhere to, to some yeah. of the rules. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Um, and I'm also interested throughout all your strength coaching, any areas that you've seen where it's like, I mean, there's always good and bad coaches for sure. any industry, but anything you've seen where it's like, man, this is still kind of consistently bad within strength coaching. Um, I mean, one thing is I think, uh, you know, no matter what industry and we should always be looking to better ourselves. Um, and I've just seen some strength coaches that don't do certain lifts or movements or things like that because they don't know about it. Mm. Um, and in a firsthand sense, like that's fine if you're like, I don't know about it right now, but are you doing anything to know about it? Um, because otherwise that's where I have an issue with coaches is, well, I don't do Olympic lifts cause I, I don't know much about them. Well, why don't you learn about <laughs> right, it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because we all want more tools in our tool belt because that just helps us help our clients, like I said, no matter what industry you're in. I mean, that'd be no different than a marketing person be like, well, I don't really talk to people about websites because I don't know anything about them. <laughs> yeah, right. well, 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 why? That's your online like, business that's, card. That's fine in your current state if you don't, but yeah. you should probably learn about yeah. that so yeah, you can yeah. be a better marketing person. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's one thing um, that, and then I think this happens in any industry too, but uh, people, I think, automatically dismiss certain things because they don't know about it. Um, they go off what they've heard or what they've seen, and it's just like, oh, well, that's shit, so I don't do that. Mm. And I always have questions like, well, what do you mean? Like, what's yeah. shit about that? Yeah. Like, what am I missing? You know, it's yeah. Very rarely in life can you just blanketly like, just say, like, well, that whole thing is terrible, so I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's just kind of a society we're in sometimes, especially in social media, that people just make blanket statements and this whole thing is bad and yeah. this thing is good. And um, so I just think, coaches could do a better job at um you can always learn stuff from from anybody and everybody um my buddy said it uh we used to go to conferences all the time he's like i feel like i have a better filter now um, because when you're young and you go to these strength and conditioning conferences like man i would have like 10 pages of notes because i'm literally like 
I'm like the court reporter might as well be like I'm literally yeah. writing down every single word these people say because it's like it's all new to me or it's I figure well, man this guy's speaking at a conference so like he must he yeah. must know what he's talking about well as you get better as a coach and you start to get your own philosophy and you start to recruit more knowledge then I would go to those conferences and I might only have a half a page of notes for three days of a conference but it, it's very useful things that I'm going to take away and use instead of going back later and trying to read 10 pages and be like, I don't Got even it. know how I'm going to apply all this. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, you know, that's something too, that, that you can't, you can always learn something from, from a lot of situations if you would mm -hmm. be open to it. Right. And so is like, whether it's a movement thing or a nutrition thing, like I want to know what, what am I missing? Yeah. If I, if I, disagree which is strong like i have to know something about it to disagree with it but sure. like what don't i know that you know yeah. yeah and it's when people ask it that way it's like oh well this and then you can have a conversation right. and you're either going to change your mind or affirm your position already but yeah. people are afraid to change their minds too <laughs> right. Right. so yeah. any other continued ed you got on in your sites right now Some um, extra stuff you're doing you know i mean i'm kind of one of those people that um you know, almost every day I'm reading some type of article or looking at a video or, um, you know, I'm one of those people on social media that I don't just follow anybody and everybody. I only like to mm -hmm. follow people that I feel like would be useful. Right. Um, so there's a ton of coaches that I've met over the years that, you know, I'll constantly read their stuff or visit their websites. And um, as I mentioned, like my, my father's been a coach for a long time, been with USA Track and Field for a long time and um, just has coached at a very high level. So it's nice to have somebody that, uh, accessible to to ask questions all the time. I mean, we sit around the cookouts and just yeah. talk training talk and stuff up, like yeah. that. Um, you know, I think just talking shop with other coaches too um, is great. When I used to go to those conferences, my dad always said, like, uh, you know, if somebody asks you to go to dinner or grab a beer, like, go, because mm -hmm. that's where you really can learn a lot of things. Um, because you know, when you're speaking at conferences, it's tough. A lot of times yeah. you're kind of speaking in the middle of an audience. You don't know if how advanced or beginner people are, so you're kind of keeping it general. Um, but if you can get people outside that and really sit and have some real-world conversations, then that's definitely you know something you can really learn. Yeah. Uh, but once again, being open to it. Right. Um, I think a lot of people perceive themselves as the gurus, and so like they're not, they don't want to sit down with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's like this this stigma of. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was at one, Dr. Andy Galpin, and it's probably the best thing I heard him say was, hey, there's a lot of smart people in the room. Just because yeah. I'm speaking to you doesn't mean I'm the only smart one here. Yeah. Like, there's chiropractors and rehab people and nutrition. He's like, there's a lot of coaches here. So talk it up when we have breaks. And sure enough, we had some guy meet another chiropractor. He was like, hey, you guys mentioned you do, like, rehabilitative stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, all right, I got this one. And gave us this whole rundown of a yeah. KCS. I was like, oh, I I haven't laid hands on the guy, but this is what I would think to try first. Yeah. It's like a sleeping thing. And so it's just, yeah, to your point, it's, it's well, that's great. That's why they say that, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I always go there like, I'm noob 101, no matter what it is or how much I've read or learned. Yeah. I'm brand new. Right. So, yeah, let's let's soak it up. So, yeah, I, I, I think that continued ed is huge. Yeah. Like, if you want to grow. And, and living it. I mean, you yeah. know, I train consistently still because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's what I love, but if you're not involved in your industry too, then, you know, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So how did you first get introduced to, uh, doing cross, CrossFit? Um, yeah, that's a good one there. It's, it was about, uh, Oh seven. And, um, okay. I kind of came upon it because I was done playing baseball and you have that weird time frame where like, I was always used to training for something and now like I, I didn't have any train, anything yeah. to train for. So, a good buddy of mine that played rugby at a, at a pretty high level in Canada. Uh, we were both at that uh, same business as strength coaches, and we kind of came upon the website. And um, I came from baseball and uh, did some powerlifting, so I had uh, a good amount of strength, but pretty much zero fitness. Um, he came from rugby, so his fitness and endurance were very high, mm -hmm. um, but didn't have nearly the strength I did. But that's the great thing about CrossFit is you it kind of equals you out in a lot sure. of workouts. But so we're looking at this website and we're like, all right, well, come Monday, no matter what the CrossFit.com website says, like, we're going to follow it. Um, and so we walk Bold. in on Monday morning <laughs> and pull up the website and it is a 10K run. Oh. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. He's like, what? What's the problem? I'm good. I'm like, well, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Sounds like a good friend, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of how we started it. And then, okay. um, you know, we just 
kind of went from there and um, you know strength coaches we were just he was just a good buddy to have because we were the like mindset of always trying to learn always trying to read stuff and you know here was this new thing so it was looking at it from every angle and mm -hmm. why is this a thing and um, and then it just you know just kind of grew from there so sure what kept you motivated and sticking to it in the long term because obviously I mean you always had baseball to, to train for like yeah was it just a matter of setting personal goals as you went? Like, what kept you in it and constantly improving to the point where you are now? Um, I think, you know, the I've, I've said, like, I think one of the greatest things CrossFit did was put a score to a workout. Mm -hmm. um, okay. You know, a lot of us have gone in the weight room or workout facility, wherever, and went through a circuit or did some sets and reps and stuff. But, you know, if somebody asks you what you did afterwards, it's kind of like, well, I did this and that. But, um, you know, doing a workout here and I finished that workout and, 10 minutes and 20 seconds you know now if I repeat that workout I have something that I'm yeah trying yeah. to beat um and so I think that was huge um just to I guess I felt more accomplished walking okay. away from the workout knowing that I had like an an end game I had a score okay. um to to do with it so I think that was a big part of it gotcha I forget when CrossFit like kind of really started picking up you said you started in 07 was there the negative kind of stigma with it when, when you first got into um, it Did it not quite yet okay um you know this is obviously well before to the real social media push um but uh, there was starting to be more and more people do crossfit and so then you got people posting youtube videos and um yeah, I mean, there was some of that. It's kind of to what I said earlier when people just make blanket statements. So, like, they see some dude on YouTube posting a picture saying or a video saying he's doing CrossFit, and then you're literally making an assumption based off this one person who was not at a CrossFit gym, who was not a CrossFit coach, mm -hmm. saying they're doing CrossFit. You're like, oh, well, look at that guy. This must be terrible then. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that was kind of what really lent itself to it. But um, I just think people – get pretty close-minded I mean I worked at a hospital facility a sports performance facility that had AT PT uh, sports medicine and uh, strength and conditioning mm -hmm. and uh, we always had these in services and so you know people would say you know here's the topic I'm speaking on and then people would show up you know a chance for us to learn from other coaches and other professionals where we did our in-service on CrossFit and um, normally there's about six people that show up at these things and there was like 35 people in this room. Wow. Um, and leading up to it, there were several of the you know, quote unquote medical professionals that were like sending articles from the New York Times saying like CrossFit almost killed somebody. Oh, and, um, I mean, it was like a whole huge like mess of things, but um, it was me and two buddies who presented on it. and you know, we're ones that want to engage. Like I'm trying, you know, Hey, like, I understand you had a negative connotation, but let's, let's chat about it. Like, let's, let's talk about why. Right. Um, and after we had kind of our hour and a half in service and asked if there were any questions, like it was crickets. And so nice. it's just like, yeah, well, come on. Like, that's what we came here to do. Yeah, like, right. um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I think to this day, there's still some people that that's the first thing to say, like, Oh, you, oh, you're going to get hurt if you do that. Or, yeah. um, and, you know, if you start really having those conversations, it really come to find out that they're, um, that's based off nothing. They saw some video or they heard somebody else say it. And so that's why they, they saw say one it, person but... get hurt. <laughs> right. And that's what, so when Tim and I, we were talking to Monica, we talked about the whole stigma and, you know, I was close minded on a few things before starting because I just didn't understand. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, why, do, why would I do a kipping pull up when I can do a regular pull up? Like. And yep. then you start to understand the competitive side to it. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, how fast can I do the skipping pull-ups now? And then it's like you start to realize, to, to your point, the score. Yeah. But I think people get a bad connotation from bad instructors and bad gyms. Yeah. And, and it's like aside from, you know, pulling a bulldog from a UPS guy, that's how I pulled this fucking hamstring. There's <laughs> a bulldog, right? But up to that point, I was doing CrossFit steadily for – month and a half close to two months and I felt the greatest I've felt in a yeah. long time not that I was living in pain but it's just function and, and strength yeah. and just conditioning endurance like I felt great yeah uh so you know it's I mean it's like anything I've had this conversation because I've kind of ha always had it from two different angles because a lot of times people split kind of whether you call it strength and conditioning sports performance and CrossFit like mm -hmm. they see them as separate okay. things um, to me CrossFit is another tool in the tool belt I mean it's 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 GPP. It's what we would do with athletes in their off season. Um, you know, you do circuit training. So I mean, strength coaches all the time be like, "Oh, CrossFit. You know, it's 
bad for you, it's going to get you hurt. And I would be like, have you ever done a circuit with your athletes? And they're like, well, yeah. Okay, well, then you did CrossFit. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, but there's this stigma on it that that people just start spouting out things. But I think it it just lends itself to, you know, just having, being open-minded and having those conversations. Mm -hmm. But any industry, any exercise can be bad. Right. Depending on where you go. I mean, I've been in lots of elite level college weight rooms and seen great form and I've seen terrible form mm-hmm. and I've been in some tiny little high schools that have impeccable form and some that have really terrible form like sure. it it's all on the coach and it's all about who is um, dictating what you're doing because I think people have a, a misconception that CrossFit it's all the same no matter what gym you go to mm. um, but it's not I mean I'm in charge of writing the program at this gym. If you go to another gym, somebody else is writing that. Pro- so yeah. it's different workouts. It's different coaches. Yes, we're all CrossFit gyms, but that is what you what you get yeah. is completely specific to that location, just like any high school or college uh, or professional weight room that you walk in now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like CrossFit, you train in every plane of motion. Yeah. Like I think the dangerous thing is is not doing that. Yeah. And, you know the classic bodybuilding style you're in sagittal plane most of the time yeah and that's it you're not rotating you're not practicing well, uh, yeah i mean runners is a population that i'm sure you've dealt a lot with mm-hmm. but man the amount of runners that i would have come in that are just beat to shit yeah and it's because that's they don't like to do strength training so they're not doing any of that but you're just running and running and running and running and running yeah and i would literally be like so when's the last time like you felt like good like where you were about to walk out the door and be like, you know what? I am about to smash this run. Yeah. And like 99% of the time they'd be like, um, and I'm like, isn't that bad that you, like you have to literally think about the last time you felt good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're doing what you think is super healthy. Right. But people Just say all the time, all the like, time. well, yeah. you know, CrossFit is, is yeah. unsafe, yep. but running, yep. Running's fine. Like anybody yeah. can go do that. The amount of people that have knee, hip, ankle, back mm-hmm. pain because of running, and once again, running is not bad. Right. But it's all about how you're going about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you need more muscle to support your bones and just structurally everything. Yeah. And getting pounded by pavement. Yeah. Miles. And I, I mean, I'm biased. I can't stand running, but it's, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But. Yeah. I was cross country guy in high school. Yeah. So I've had my fair share. So when we do like the lap around the building, I'm good for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough, yeah. enough running. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's so many more benefits now that I understand it. Yeah. And, and I love the coaching here because, like, you know, mid-class, a coach will be, hey, hey, do this. Don't bend your elbow so soon. Okay, sweet, sweet. They'll watch me do the next one. Yeah, much better. Yeah. And, and I love that. Like, I love getting feedback. If I'm not doing it how I should be doing it, let me know. Yeah. Like, But I think, you know, the important thing is, look, teach his own. I mean, yeah. um, I'm going to date myself with the show Martin when he says, can't we all just get along? Um, that's what is frustrating to me at times is there's so many people within this industry, whether it's CrossFit, bodybuilding, strength and conditioning, whatever you runners, it doesn't matter. We're all like fighting amongst ourselves yeah. when we should worry about the other 80% of the population, probably more that are overweight, out of shape, unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. if we would all just stop, you know, bickering amongst ourselves yeah. and use our collective knowledge and expertise to help the rest of this population, how much better we would be. Yeah. Um, yeah we're but, getting these tribes. Yeah. It's yeah. Like this I camp, mean, that camp, like, um, and I think anything should just be another tool in your tool belt. I mean, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I, I am a strength coach and CrossFit is something that I coach, but I also have clients that we work on speed. We work on explosiveness. We work on strength. So it's just another tool, um, to utilize. Um, yeah. but it's not the end all be all that, you know, that that's what I'm thinking everybody has to do. Right, for sure. Um, sorry, did you have... Oh, you're good. I, I was uh, going to ask more on, try to transition to your, your personal business now. Yeah. I know you said you went private after a while of, of coaching uh, some different places, coached with your dad a little bit. Uh, so what is your business? How is it tailored now? When did that take full effect and kind of what did, what did all that look like? Yeah, um, so now with uh, Beyond Strength and Endurance, um, it's, a, it's definitely an online platform. Um, and I will say for the longest time, I mean, I've been in a coach for 15 plus years. Um, and for the longest time, I was against kind of that quote unquote online training. Um, because I personally just don't like prescribing things to people who I can't see. Mm. Um, it would be no different than you prescribing some exercise and you have no idea if they're doing it correctly. Right. I mean, you can show video demonstrations all you want, but at the end of the day, something as simple as a squat, somebody can 
make that a very harmful exercise. Right. Um, so I didn't. That's what I didn't like about it. Um, but I think a lot of times in life we uh, we tunnel vision ourselves. Um, we have kind of our own truths that we've it's the environment we've grown up in or just things we know to where what I'm getting at is I feel like I was like, well, this is how online training is and I don't like that. So therefore I'm not going to do that. Mm. Well, I think if we stop and ask ourselves the question, like why does online training have to be that way? Mm. Um, and, and I didn't have an answer. Like who, who says this is what online training is. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, uh, just really look to do with this is bring coaching back to training. Um, there's a very big difference between coach and being trained. Um, you know, trained is just, I can spout out any number of exercises and sets and reps and yeah. time domains and just throw that on a piece of paper. Um, but if we haven't done any type of assessment or we don't know where this athlete or individual is at in their progression, that could actually be detrimental to their overall progress sure. because I don't know anything about them. I'm just saying here. So coaching is getting back to, you know, what are some initial questions to see where this athlete or member is beginning so we can give them an appropriate starting point and then also giving them some feedback through video review and adjustments and things like that so they can ensure that they're going to continue to progress. So um, officially started in April uh, with this, but uh, I feel like it's been 15 years in the making. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're excited about it, um, exploring different platforms to be on now and um, you know, in the age of social media, we're, uh, we're the most connected, disconnected society in, in the world. Um, it, it's, it's challenging to find some, some things to really make your stand, stand out, um, especially in an industry. I mean, a lot of them are, but that are flooded with people that spend thousands and thousands of dollars just flooding people's inboxes and sponsored ads with sure. all these different types yeah. of fitness routines. So I think... Uh, trying to find different ways to interact with people is the biggest thing we're trying to do. So if somebody inquires, we ask questions first. Mm. Um, so we actually are interacting with each individual as opposed to just yeah. someone purchasing this program online and, and going. So um, I think that's been a, a big challenge, but um, you know, something we're doing pretty well at and get some exciting things coming. So Good. And, and what are some things that you've noticed help you kind of stand out where it's like okay we, we got some more interaction more engagement after we did such and such yeah uh, i mean i think big marketing things are uh, taking advantage of opportunities um you know covid is probably a word that nobody wants to hear ever again but, <laughs> right, um, yeah. you know bit. when that hit and, and we were in quarantine and stuff like that now you know just in an instant we got everybody that's trying to train at home um and so you know we really tried to take advantage of that opportunity and provided over 300 at-home workouts for free wow. um, as wow. long as we collect people's name and email address. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was, once again, that's taking advantage of opportunity, but giving people good information, but also, you know, obviously a way to, to increase your marketing capacity there. So I think that's huge. And then uh, being, being creative. Um, I mean, honestly, I think one of the biggest things that's helped us is I joined about five or six different Facebook groups mm. um, that all together total about 300,000 people. Um, and a lot of them have strict like no marketing policies, but there's always a way to work around that stuff and basically just post yeah. free workouts for people but then have links that they can click on and stuff like that. So that has been uh, a really a great way that just since April, we're up to you know almost 3,000 followers on Facebook. Wow. Um, you know, which in the grand scheme of things probably isn't a big deal to a lot of people, but um, that's provided a good platform for us. And when, you know, when people are following your page, it gives you a little bit more of a, mm -hmm. a better opportunity to to differentiate yourself right. as opposed to being kind of in the open market, so to speak. So, yeah. I feel like that's one thing I've been taking advantage of is, is forums. And then, you know, yeah. to your point, if you can't market, quote unquote, if someone asks for like, oh, I got this pain, like you can provide a tip. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy, he, he knows what he's, what he's talking right. about. Um, but yeah, man, 3,000 more than April. So like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, right. Right. got to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, since starting, uh, what would you say one of the biggest hurdles you've had so far outside of it being online? I know that's a big one. Yep. Um, but, you know, we love asking entrepreneurs this because people see the private jets and Lamborghinis. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's probably all rented anyway. <laughs> right. uh, but you don't see everything that led up to it. You know, you've seen the iceberg analogy. Yeah. So, so what are some other things that uh, when you started business for yourself, it's like, oh, shit, like this happened that 
people just don't understand outside yeah. looking in. Uh, I mean, I think we're in an instant gratification society. I mean, everybody hmm. wants the quick fix. Um, you know, people have treated their body a certain way for 30 years, but want everything to change in a week. Um, which when you say it out loud, sounds real stupid, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's how people operate. And so I think, yeah. uh, patience is huge. Um, when you are, especially in marketing, um, there was a great book, uh, like jab, jab, hook, um, basically using that boxing analogy that if you went in the boxing ring and just kept throwing haymakers, you're probably not going to do very well. You might get lucky and, you know, hit somebody, but if you're up against somebody, you're, you're not. So jabbing to set that up. Um, and they were using that analogy for marketing. So, you know, what content can you provide for people? What value can you provide for people with those jabs and then offering a purchase um, at that point? Mm. Um, and so I think it takes patience to do that. Um, and that's kind of what we did out of the gate um, during quarantine and all that. It was just literally providing a lot of content to amass as many um, newsletter emails and followers on Facebook as we could and not getting hung up on really trying to sell anything at the moment. Um, a, we were still kind of in the process of developing exactly how we wanted to operate, but that patience really paid off because then when we did get that much bigger following, now when you are sending stuff out to purchase, it happened as opposed to Got when it. you have 20 followers on Facebook and being like, buy this, buy that, buy that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? That's just not going to go very well for you. So I think patience is tough, especially when you're an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. this is what you're looking for to put food on the table <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a father of two daughters. So, you know, there's yeah. always that, um, that I want to provide for them, but, um, patience will pay off mm -hmm. in training in marketing. Um, but yeah. that's, that's way easier said than done uh, yeah. a lot of the time. So yeah, that inconsistency, we've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. That's just like, just got to keep consistent. Yeah. Like, especially if you're not good enough to not be consistent, you got to keep We had a really, so during quarantine, I have, I know, uh, I don't know if uh, Matt Vincent owns Hate Brand Goods and uh, my buddy Bert Soren owns Heard Sordex. Heard of Hate and, Brand, yeah. Uh, so we had a coaching just Zoom call. We were just using this time we're all at home to just basically have a huge forum and just chat about different stuff. And um, Matt just brought up such a good point. He's like, you know, he said, hey, Bert, when, when, did you, when was like the big moment for Sornex? And Bert just kind of laughed and he's like, there wasn't one. Like, you just kept doing what you were doing day in and day out for two years, four years, six years, eight years, 10 years, and now you have built the company to where it is. Yeah. Um, but so many people, mm. like, it's like the next marketing idea they have, they're like, oh, this is gonna be the one right here. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This Million is gonna- followers. Right, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it, if that's your mentality, then you're gonna get frustrated a lot. Um, and so that was just very good for him, just his consistency. I mean, just mm. keep showing up, keep doing something a little bit every single day um, and eventually it will pay off huge um, but if you're not in that mindset of the the long journey then you can get frustrated very quick yeah 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 very, to clip that. yeah for sure yeah I think the the fastest success is winning the lottery and that's like well and look you see flukes all the time yeah, somebody yeah. will create some you know technological thing that hits yeah. and they made millions of dollars and that's right. great and good for that person but that's yeah. not yeah that's not the norm that's yeah not, that's not everybody that's not, not what you should be shooting like jay-z and he did he is yeah. i think it was stephen a smith as much as he can grind my gears he was like look you're not all kanye you're not drake yeah. you gotta work he goes i can't rap i'm not gonna do that yeah and it's just not how it works well and like, i bet if you looked at those guys backstories though it's been a, probably a lot of years making oh, some mixtapes, doing underground stuff, and mm -hmm. just, but just didn't quit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there was a good quote that was like, one of the greatest tragedies in life is seeing people quit when they didn't know how close they were. Yeah. Um, because you just, you were always going for the quick hitters, and over time you got worn down, so you're like, I'm out, where if you just would have stayed in a little bit longer, you would have seen your break, but you, mm -hmm. but you didn't hang in there long enough. Yeah, yeah, and now it's like, you get to a point, there's the fear of quitting. Yeah. It's like, oh man, but what if the, yeah, to your point, what if the next one is it? Right. right after that, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture floats around on social media once in a while, the two guys digging in the dirt and yeah. have their own path. And one guy hits like a decent sized diamond and the other guy stops digging his and starts digging the other guys. But 10 more feet down was this monster right. diamond, uh. monstrous. And he just started chasing the other yeah. guy's path. And I was like, man. It reminds that. me of brand story or story brand, which are, uh, another good marketing book of, uh, stuff like that and it was talking about people do this all the time of the comparison game and like so you look at somebody else's website or their marketing and be like okay well I can do that better well that's you saying that that is the best then mm -hmm. like what if that's shit 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah. now you're looking at a website that sucks and you're just trying to be better than a website that sucks. Right. So you're not landing in a very good spot. Mm. Like, so the comparison game across all industries and even especially in the weight room, mm -hmm. it's, it's not a good way to go about things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know we're on a little, we got about 10 minutes left. Yep. Any, anything else before we kind of start having some closing questions? Yeah, wanna... I, I just wanted to ask one thing. So talking about writing plans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when I was, I visited the, the gym we're in right now for the first time last week and saw the marker board of all, all your, your plans <laughs> yeah. up there. I just want, do you have like a, like a consistent process that you follow when you write these up? Like, do you, is it like a ritualistic type of thing where you, where you write this time every day or like, oh, how, gotcha. how, how, how do you develop your plans? Like, where do you draw inspiration from? Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a writer myself, so I'm, I'm just interested, like, how does that process look like for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, well, I mean, everything I'm doing is on, um, a progressive plan. Mm -hmm. Um, so meaning we try to build on things. Um, so that's like when we're looking at uh, kind of some of the meat and potatoes of the strength training or the endurance pieces, like I try to build on things. Uh, okay. It's consistent exposure to people is what's going to help them get better right. as well. Um, but as far as the ritual, like, yeah, a lot of times uh, I don't have a specific day and time, but a lot of times it's uh, Thursday is when I sit down and initially um, kind of write um, my thoughts on the current week we're in. Mm -hmm. um, so I program a week at a time. Okay. Um, and then kind of start putting the pieces together uh, then and then over the weekend I'll go back and look at it again and tweak some more stuff so it's kind of like three separate times okay. um, and that's just I operate like that a lot in life like mm -hmm. anytime I'm about to do a big project I will basically just like mind vomit on a page and then start like slowly okay. whittling that down um, I write I've written some blogs as well and that's a lot of times I just try to sit down and literally just try to start writing like mm -hmm. I just start typing and I yeah. just literally just throw all of my thoughts out on a paper. I'm not worried about the organization of it or if it yeah. flows well or anything. It's just literally just like, let me just get all of this out yeah. and then I will go back and like right. start yeah. organizing it. So that just, later, that's yeah. usually just, that's just how my mind yeah, that's good. operates um, is I would rather get all my thoughts out mm. and then whittle yeah. it down as opposed to if I start typing and I get too hung up on like, wait, how would this paragraph sound together? Then I'll forget some yeah, of the thoughts right. that I even wanted to say. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sometimes I'll get the title. And I'm like, all right, time to back to the old dog. But that's well, a good yeah. that's a good title for something. Later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've done that. I actually have two yeah. sitting in my blogs right now, saved as drafts that I literally wrote down two titles and just left it because huh, uh, okay. it's more of like I do want to write about that, but I didn't want to forget about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but good. I kind of got to be in a. The hardest part is getting started. Right. And, yeah. exactly. and, and it used more. to be worse when I was trying to think way too much about the whole organization of it before I started typing. And then I was finally mm -hmm. just like, just just literally start typing things on a, on a on yeah, screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Um, so do you have a site? Is your blog on, on your yeah, website? Yeah, it's beyondstrengthendurance.com. Sweet. Um, so, and then uh, we're uh, actually started the, the process of possibly developing our own uh, app. Oh, very um, but then cool. And there's another big platform that we're, we're looking to be on here soon. So, um, right. yeah, on Facebook, on Instagram. I don't do the, I don't do the tweets. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, noisy just, in there. Yeah, Twitter's loud. It's fast. Yeah, it's like, ah. It's way too active for me. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm very consistent on Facebook and Instagram, uh, but Twitter I just never got a hold of. So. Yeah, and I think Same Facebook way. and Instagram are probably more bang for your buck anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of audience and things. Yep, yep. Um, all right, so we like to ask uh, just kind of our, our last routine question, everyone, uh, when we kind of finish up. Unless there's anything you want to add that we haven't touched on. No, here, want to make sure. Out, uh, I wrote, uh, wrote an entire... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure we cover everything you want to cover. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, if, if there's anything else that you want to hit, uh, we can we can fire away. I know we got a few minutes left, but if not, then we'll... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think just one last thing, just really reiterating to what we do. I mean, uh, uh, we are a lot in the realm of CrossFit um, and endurance, so uh, running races and 5Ks and, and things like that, but a lot of the expertise is in CrossFit. So 
Uh, we have specific plans to help people build on their certain skills like pull-ups and handstand push-ups and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the daily uh, workouts that kind of involve a little bit of everything for people to follow. And then we also program for uh, affiliates or gyms. So that's, um, cool. that's kind of the three main areas that we, we focus okay. on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to keep tabs on, uh, on the app. And when that comes out, we'll yeah, yeah, promo we'll see, that hard uh, too. It's, it's nice. To, it's all about who you know sometimes. So yeah. we, have, uh, you know, we have some friends that um, have always wanted to develop an app. Um, and this is kind of the first one they're doing, so we're, cool. we're figuring it out together. That's super sweet. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot that goes into that too, making yeah, the app of yeah. like. Well, especially I'm I'm definitely not a technology person. <laughs> so, um, I mean, even some of the things they brought up, like, well, we could do this. I'm like, you can do that. She's like, well, yeah. I'm like, it's all just coding. I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. It's all just coding. My bad. Oh, of sure. course. <laughs> um, yeah. So Kyle, when it's all said and done, when you're gone, man, um, how do you want people to remember you? It's a great question. Um, you know, I really like the quote that it's, it's not about uh, the number of years in your life. It's about the amount of life in your years. Mm. So, um, I mean, honestly, you know, through um, being a father or coach or a significant other or family member or friend, like, um, you know, I just hope I bring um, more life to people's years and, and give them uh, the opportunity to do that as well, whether through leading by example or just, you know, being a good human being and having good conversations with people and caring about people and um, you know we all weren't just meant to work and pay bills and die uh, right. there's a lot to life and it's so easy to get hung up um, I think a lot of times especially being an entrepreneur that mm -hmm. you know where you kind of feel like you're never off the clock so to speak yeah. um, but I think in this society being present is huge um, no matter what you're doing, whether we're sitting here talking about this podcast and not worried about checking your phone to see what you got to do next, or um, especially when I'm with my daughters, um, making sure I'm there and yeah. enjoying that experience for what it is and not just always thinking about the next thing that you got to do. Um, so, yeah, if I can add more life to people's years, then that would be something I'd be be happy about. I like great. that. We have That's a few answer. things we got to clip out. Yeah, definitely. Put out, put out there. Well, hey, look, man, really appreciate your time. Uh, I know you've helped me personally with my fitness journey already. It's it's fun to hang with you. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you joining us on the show, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. All right, we'll see you.